everybody to the loudest podcast, the loudest podcast on the internet. Uh, I'm your host, Asterios Coconuts. With us, as always, is Sriracha. Hello. Sriracha, you are, I know you're very excited about a certain lawsuit. Did you know, <laughs> my favorite of the lawsuits uh-huh. is back again. Did you know <laughs> the guy that is suing Taylor Swift is suing Taylor Swift again? Um, I know because I live with you and I've been hearing about this for years. Could you give people like an, ex- like give people just a quick summary about this guy? Okay, so there is a gentleman living in Utah. His name is Russell Greer, and this is his seventh celebrity lawsuit, or his seventh lawsuit that he has filed, I believe. Let's run through the, I, this is off the dome, so I could be getting this wrong, but here's, Russell Greer has filed, he's most famous for suing Taylor Swift, but, and this is the third time he is suing Taylor Swift, but he has also sued other celebrities in the past. Uh, his first lawsuit is he tried to sue Farrah Abram from that show Teen Mom. You remember that? I don't. Uh, Farrah Abram was the teen, I think she was the teen mom who said, like, she was taking a break from her four-year-old. Hey, we talked about that last week. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, kind of like that, but not a permanent break like that other lady. Mm-hmm. Okay, so only a temporary rehoming as opposed to a permanent one. Got yeah, it. something like that. So he sued Farrah Abram because he had tweeted to Farrah Abram, like, hey, Farrah, we should go on a date, and whatever poor unpaid intern is running her Twitter account made the mistake of liking it i shit you not he considered that a contract and he sued her for the date and she was like if you bring this or his her lawyer was like if you bring this lawsuit we are going to legally butt bang you (laughs) into the ground so he dropped it and it was like yeah fair begged me to drop the lawsuit um his second lawsuit was he sued a hooker in nevada from the Bunny Ranch, which is a legal brothel. And the reason that he sued her was because um, she he, he bought something called the Girlfriend Package, which is you pay for two hours worth of a hooker's time and they do things like kiss you and pretend that they like you or something. It's very depressing. But he, ra- he decided to use that time to take the hooker to Olive Garden. <laughs> And he ran out the clock on his date and she wouldn't have sex with him afterwards because she's like, whoop, you ran out of time. And so he sued her for that. The result of that was, I believe it got thrown out and the hooker got a restraining order from him. Um, At one point, I think the third one was he sued Taylor Swift, the first round one, Taylor Swift, because he sent her a song. Russell's dream is, I realize I am dumping a lot of information on people that um, don't know this guy, so you really got to buckle in and <laughs> stick around. So Russell's dream is he, he wants to be a famous songwriter for celebrities. So he wrote a- If you don't mind me saying, it seems like he has a lot of dreams. He dreams of taking uh, Farrah Abrams out of the date. He dreams of a hooker having sex with him willingly, like- with like not for money, just out of the kindness of her heart, and now he dreams to be a, a like a singing star. Yeah, Russell has this weird modus operandi when he's hitting either hitting on women and a slash trying to further his career prospects, where he believes that, and this is a direct quote from him: "Flattery will get you everywhere." Okay. So he's what he does is he tries to overly flatter celebrities. And then when they don't return his affection, he gets very, very angry. So, so it seems like flattery has actually gotten him nowhere, 
And more importantly, in several courtrooms in front of several judges. Like, that's the only place flattery seems to have gotten him. Man, I would love to do, after we finish Christry, maybe, I would love to do just a whole 20-part series on Russell because there's so much information. He's such a bizarre little man. But the third, first time he sued Taylor Swift, he sued her for something called vicarious liability because he wrote a song for her to try to impress her and he sent it to her agent and her agent was like, hey, bud, we can't accept unsolicited musical submissions. Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, you don't understand. It's not a song for her to perform. It is a song that is a gift. And the guy was like. Uh, yeah, but this is like copyright problem. So no, we can't. And this this agent has the patience of fucking St. Peter. Like, I've seen the emails. I've seen the voice. But he like calls him and explains what the copyright issue is. And Russell is not having this shit. So he sues Taylor Swift for something called vicarious liability because he believes it is discrimination that her agents would not pass the song along to her. Obviously, this gets thrown out of court because that's fucking bad shit insane. Well, what was the what was like even the grounds for discrimination? Is is he a is he a you know a member of a of a protected class? He has a minor disability called Mobius syndrome, okay. which is he is missing one of the cranial nerves in his face. Okay, so he can't. He has some problems chewing and enunciating his words. Mm-hmm. But and um, see now this is interesting. It's like. Taylor Swift would have to know he had Mobius syndrome in order to discriminate against him and not listen to his music. She would have to be like, Mobius, okay, she would have to say something to the effect of, and I quote, Mobius syndrome, more like Nobius syndrome. I don't want to hear his music. The only Mobius I'm interested in is the planet Mobius that Sonic lives on. He'll never see me, quote, Mobius strip end quote, because I don't like people with this syndrome. And I mean, like, that's... Did Taylor Swift say anything like that? This is serious. Facts and logic have no place here, okay? We're, we're operating on Greer logic. Okay, all so, right. No. Please continue. Of course she did it. She doesn't know he exists. Are you sure? Did she at least say the thing about Sonic being from the planet Mobius? I God, I wish so. I, in an alternate universe, I, Taylor Swift is out there like... She has a fetish for people with movies. And- Wait a minute. <laughs> college burlesque idea. If there are any people listening to this who are in college and want to get into the burlesque scene, be a Mobius stripper. You like, you're someone who just keeps taking their clothes off and putting them on over and over infinitely. Like all the kids in the audience will be like, that is hilarious. That's a science thing. What is this? The Big Bang Theory. I love it. Yeah, people who like burlesque. I feel like the Venn diagram of people who like burlesque and people who have liked the page, I fucking love science Mm -hmm. on Facebook is a circle. (laughs) I feel like, I feel like like burlesque is, look, my feelings have evolved on burlesque over the years. At first I was against it. Then I went to a couple of shows and I found them to be charming. Like, I do think that burlesque is kind of like the kiddie pool for people who really want to go see strippers. They're just like, 
I'm not a dirty creep. I'm at a burlesque show. This is high art. This is art. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like all these girls, like, you know, all these girls have pun names, not names, not precious gem names or names of uh, various alcohol brands. <laughs> all right. Well, anyway, keep going. Sorry, I cut you off. That's lawsuit number three. Lawsuit number four was he sued Ariana Grande mm-hmm. because he had gone to an Ariana Grande concert and he had bought, like, you know how some celebrities will have backstage passes? Yes. You pay, like, $1,000. What Ariana Grande's was he got a backstage pass, and he sat, he got to sit, like, in the front area. And one of the things that were included with the pass was he got to take a photo mm-hmm. with her. And in the picture, it's... She's got her hand on his shoulder, and she's making, like, a, like, what's up? Like, oh. a cool kind of face. Okay. And... Russell considers that to be discrimination because she wasn't smiling. I'm looking this up. Continue to lay out his case. I need to see this photo. And also. And by the way, can you appreciate that for the first time in the four or five years we've known each other? I'm finally listening to this whole stupid story. Oh, man. Can I get some fucking credit for it? My entire life is just waiting for new people to tell about Russell Greer. Siraji has tried to tell me about Russell Greer so many times, and every time I stop her around the second or third lawsuit, because I go, I'm depressed now. You've depressed me. But finally, the world is in such a depressing state that it's like, fine, tell your story about the crazy guy that sues women. I'm fucking obsessed with him. I, I truly am obsessed with him. I... I, I, I want to know everything about him. I want to know his past. I want to know his future. If there's a hearing eventually this, I'll go to Tennessee. I'll travel there. Who gives a fuck? I'm not scared of coronavirus. I'll go there. I'll meet a reporter. Okay. I see the picture. Mr. Greer, is he's in a suit, standing next to her, lanyard around his neck, VIP. She, she is making this face where she's like, hey, what's up? I'm cool. Like, she's making a... She's making like a Nickelodeon quality face. She's a Nickelodeon star, right? Not a Disney star? Uh, Yeah, I think so. This is like the face she's making is like practiced, honed. Like it's a this is a really good because, you know, the thing about like children sitcom actors is that it's like all in the face. Like you don't need to like you could watch a Disney Channel show with the sound off and know exactly what's happening because like. All their expressions are like so big and so perfect. This is a great picture. Why doesn't he like this picture? Uh, because he inter- he believes that she looks disgusted in this picture. And he believes that that is because of his disability. And also, um, he was in his seat and I guess a security guard asked him if he was drunk. Mm-hmm. And he also considers that to be a violation of the Americans with Disabilities Act. I mean, to be fair, like... Ariana Grande has done a lot for, like, the differently abled community. Like, Pete Davidson, for example. <laughs> like, she almost married him. His butthole eyes. What did Barstool Sports call him? I think they called him butthole eyes. So it's kind of <laughs> just like, look, if she's not going to be disgusted by Pete Davidson, she's certainly not going to be disgusted by Russell Greer looks, I'm going to say, 10% better than Pete Davidson does. Well, he... <laughs> he sued her for that in Utah, and... Obviously, it gets thrown out, but there's this hysterical, somebody went to the hearing, like somebody native to, and the judge, this is the blood in the courtroom thing. Mm. God, there is just so much to talk about. I would love, can we do that after we finish talking about Chris Chan? We could talk about Greer, like we do Greer Street. No. Why? 
Because this, this, depre- this is depressing. No, it's funny. It's like, look, uh, look. Do other people like to hear about this guy? Yeah, they love it. Really? Yeah. Okay. I guess other people like to hear about this Christine Weston channel. We'll see. All right. I'm not going to say no, but right now, no, because this is sad. Okay. Well, lawsuit number four gets thrown out. The judge is very, very angry at him because he was posting posting some silly nonsense on Facebook about the other lawyer. Mm -hmm. So that gets thrown out. Lawsuit number five, he sued Taylor Swift again. But he tried to sue her because the first lawsuit, amongst many other things, got thrown out because there's no jurisdiction because he sued her in Utah small claims court. The fifth lawsuit, he tried to sue her in federal court and he failed because he could not serve her properly. Mm-hmm. And the lawsuit just timed out or something. I don't know. I don't know how law works. Grand Admiral C, if you're listening to this, call in. Call in and give your opinions because Grand Admiral C has seen the most recent lawsuit. I sent it to him. We were gossiping about it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, number five gets thrown out because he tried really, really hard to subpoena a U.S. postal, like the owner of a, what's it called? A post box? A post office box owner. Yeah. Like the owner of like a private post office box establishment. Right. So he was like, hey, post office box establishment owner, I need the, because I guess Taylor Swift received fan mail there. And he was like, I need Taylor Swift address. And the post office worker was like, we don't do that. So get your get your court order that I'll give it to you. And the court was like, what the fuck? No, <laughs> no, that's not how you do this. That's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. So that gets thrown out because the time's out. Lawsuit number six, he tried to join an injuncture within he tried to sue the entire state of utah i believe to make prostitution illegal i'm not too up to date on this one to make prostitution legal yes correct obviously it was thrown out because it's fucking utah (laughs) yeah oh my god that's a that's a moonshot you are you're aiming for the star because what i believe because i've like heard the sound of the podcast like prostitution is legal it's not legal in Las Vegas. It's legal in like Reno or one of the things around Las Vegas. Right, right? because there are laws. I I know a weird amount about this because of this guy. And mm-hmm. th- also this lawsuit was way before all the celebrities. I just forgot. It slipped my mind. Um, there needs to be X number of miles away. Like the brothel needs to be X number of miles away from a major city center. Oh. like that. So all of the ranches are out randomly in the desert because they can't be in the city. Yeah, I've heard some like that. There's like, why not start in Las Vegas? Like, start small. If you're trying to legalize prostitution, New York City, Los Angeles, like someplace where there's a lot of liberals, a lot of sex workers, and a lot of demand. Well, because he don't live in Las Vegas. He lives in Salt Lake City. I did not know that. And when he has to, when he has to fuck prostitutes, he has to take the, oh, how this lawsuit started was he applied for a business license to open a brothel in Utah, which is obviously fucking illegal because prostitution is legal. But I guess Nick Riquet has explained this to me before. I guess they automatically approve all the business licenses 
and then somebody reviews it. Interesting. So he gets his automatic approval, and then somebody at the Utah office was like, wait a, wait a fucking minute, you can't open a brothel, prostitution is legal. So he sued the state of Utah to try to get him to open his brothel, which he called the Mile High Neon. And he has a whole manifesto about how this is going to be like the cleanest and best brothel in the entire world. And he's not going to run it. But a former prostitute, an unnamed former prostitute, is going to run it. So that gets thrown out (laughs) because, of course, it does. Okay. It sounds to me like the kind of character who's going to be suing Ariana Grande for making a face might not have the money to fulfill the brothel of of your dreams like did he have like did he have the money to open this like crazy dream brothel what do you think i just feel like that's worth saying out loud (laughs) that this guy's like i got this you're suing me from step from opening the greatest brothel of all time do you have the money to do that do you have a building do you have a staff do you have anything do you have anything no i don't like come on um, yeah, no, and if you're wondering where he's getting all the money for this lawsuit, I guess he has a paralegal degree, so he's just representing himself in okay. all of these, so nominal, he could do it as many, you got $400, you got a lawsuit, baby. Wow. <laughs> so, um, the most recent incarnation is he is suing Taylor Swift in federal court again <laughs> for- Again, for, I don't know, discrimination or something or not accepting his music. The filing, I've read through the most recent court filing, and it's all, it's verbatim in a lot of places to the last one. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he serves her th- correctly this time. God, I would love to see this actually go to court. This is the most exciting thing happening in the news right now. <laughs> So we don't know why he's suing her? Oh, no, we do. Okay. But it doesn't make any sense because it's him. Well, what is it it on paper? Like, what, like, you know, give me the- Okay, so I need you, I'm going to need to talk for like two minutes. Nothing that's about to come out of my mouth is going to make any logical sense. Okay. But I need you to buckle your seatbelt and not leave the car. Do not step out of the vehicle while it's moving. Okay, so- Russell Greer believes that celebrities who are in a position of power have a duty to put disclaimers on anything they put into the public sphere. So Taylor Swift, for example, has done things like shown up to people's wedding as a surprise, uh, given money to her backup dancer whose niece had cancer or something. Russell Greer believes that these are publicity stunts. And if Taylor Swift is not going to honor any every person that approaches her and tries to get her attention she needs to put a disclaimer on these publicity stunts that i don't know that she's not obligated to accept your gifts or entertain whatever you want to say to her so russell has created songs for her and he says that he claims that he relied on her representations as a kind caring individual that she would listen to his song and help him with his music career and he believes that this is a form of false advertising when she does things like pay for people's cancer treatments or accept gifts like subway somebody sent her a subway gift card or asked her to go to prom with them or something he believes that this is false advertising that taylor swift is not a good person and that she should be held responsible for her actions and by that he means not accepting the song that he has written for her i would argue first off 
Very succinctly put. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Can you see me dying inside while you uh, tell this story? Can you see me struggling to put this into words that would make sense to anyone that is not him? Well, I'm glad to hear this is taxing on both of us. <laughs> like, here's my counterargument to that. I saw a Taylor Swift music video where she's going crazy on her ex-boyfriend and she's like jumping off a castle. She's covered in blood. She's like smashing his car and things like that. She has a song like called like, look what you made me do. Look what you made me do. Where she's like, you made me attack you and all that. It's like, why, why shouldn't we be relying on these images of Taylor Swift? The violent, bloodthirsty Taylor Swift who want to destroy those who've wronged her. like. There were, in fact, I saw a Taylor Swift music video that starred multiple incarnations of Taylor Swift. Like, it starred, like, her in a t-shirt when she was singing, like, I wear t-shirts, you wear long skirts. Like, do you remember that video? I do. Okay, can you put that into better words? What, what, what happened in that video again? What are you- The one with, like, eight Taylors? The Shake It Off music video? Did that happen in the Shake It Off music video? Yeah, she- dresses up in a bunch of different costs. Oh, wait, no, in the You Belong With Me, she's both the cheerleader and the girl next door. Yes, exactly! There's that one, and there's a very recent Taylor Swift video where, like, it's, like, it's essentially, like, a hexography. Like, we see every Taylor from every incarnation, and they all argue with one another. So it's also... Also, also, didn't she put out, like, an album called, like, Scandalous or something, where, like, it was, like, a fake newspaper cover, and it was talking about, like, it was a fake newspaper about how she's a bad girl? Reputation, Reputation! Exactly! So it sounds to me like this woman has a reputation for being a real mean, rough customer who you shouldn't rely on to read your love songs. Well, Sirius, those are some great logical points. Anyways, so one of- You say that every time. You say, you can't just say that every time. Asterios, what do you want me to say? There's no logic here. This guy is crazy. Well, you could just say, hey, Asterios, you're making some good points. That's all you got to say. Asterios, you're making some great points. Thank you very much. All all I want is validation from my co-host, goddammit. Go, hey, good point, Asterios. I'm not, you think I'm attacking you when I'm saying these things? Okay, counterpoint. Okay. In one of her music videos, she says, the fans are one of the best parts of the tour. Why would she say that if she's not willing to accept gifts from every single person with Mobius syndrome? Bam! Owned with facts, logic, and reason. Now we're talking. Okay, (laughs) she does it for the fans. She does everything for the fans. The fans are the real... She strikes me like the kind of person who would say the fans are the real stars. Right. Like, I wouldn't be out here today if it wasn't for the support I get from the little Tixes out there, the little Tay-Tay... You're all in my girl squad. Well, guess who's not in your girl squad? Poor sweet Russell Greer. That poor man. He has been, he relied on those representations and he has to sue her three times. It's ridiculous. It's a miscarriage of justice that was thrown out twice. What, what's the venue for this lawsuit? What do you mean? Uh, I don't know. Ohio, Utah. Tennessee. Tennessee. Tennessee, uh, federal court. Suing her in Tennessee federal court. Or no, that doesn't make any sense. Tennessee court. It's taking place in Tennessee. Oh, okay, so Tennessee state court. And I'm guessing because he's saying that like Taylor Swift is a resident of Tennessee. Yes, correct. Okay. Do you worry that he's going to sue you for like making fun of him on a podcast? No, because okay. I'm not famous enough. That's the one good thing. The one good thing about Russell is that like he's sort of moved on from suing just regular people. Okay. He now only sues people with more money than God, which 
this. That's who you should sue, to be fair. Like, the thing I've never liked about the Russell Greer story is that he sues sex workers. And it's kind of like, don't they have it hard enough? Their work is sex. I have sex for fun. Sex is just my way to kick back and relax and just have some sex. But, like, if I had to punch in at the sex factory, like, working nine to five, having sex with random strangers, it's like... You know? Yeah, and having sex with Russell. That should be hazard pay. <laughs> well, okay. He's going to sue you. You keep talking like this. I'll tell you that, Rob. I'll tell you that Russell, right now. Russell, don't sue me. I can't help. I, uh, listen, my rappers, here's a disclaimer. Disclaimer, I'm a bad person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, that, that seems airtight. You cannot rely on my representations. I'm just, I'm just saying. You know, they say the first day you wake up, and you don't want to go do, do your dream, that's when it's work. There's all these people, oh, I want to be a comedian. Oh, I want to be a comedian. Oh, I want to be a big YouTuber, famous YouTuber. You know, but the first day you wake up, it's 10 a.m. And you got to make that vlog where you're trying out a new cleanse and you'd rather go back to bed. That's not your dream job anymore. That's work. Right. Same with sex work. People like me dream of being sex workers. You know, people who like... Because right now I'm doing a lot, especially like solo, the, the, like like in the solo department, I'm doing it for free a lot. I'm not getting paid to do that. You know what I mean? Like that's productivity that's just out the window. I deserve to be monetized. I feel like I deserve to be compensated and monetized for my time. And sometimes it takes time. <laughs> you you got to find the right thing to put you in the right zing. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely, I do. Okay. So it's just like, oh, this guy's suing sex workers. He's not, though. He's suing, it's like, he, he has not sued a sex worker for a very long time. He's moved on to Ariana Grande and Taylor's world. That's a very, very bad defense. He hasn't sued an, he hasn't sued a poor, innocent sex worker in five years. Yeah. Hey, listen, people improve. People change. Is it possible that those people have just realized that they need to go after bigger fish because that's where the money is? Absolutely. I can't give you $25 million. Oh, by the way, that's how much he's suing her for is $25 million. He's suing Taylor Swift for $25 million because she wouldn't listen to his song? Yes. Is any lawyer ever going to just countersue this guy and tie? Oh, no, they wouldn't. That's terrible optics. In PR, like, you don't, you just want the thing to go away. You don't want to feed the. You don't want to feed oxygen to the fire. You're like you just want the thing to go away. I mean, yeah. If Taylor Swift actually sued him back, that would probably make national news, right? Ex- yes, exactly. It would make national news, and Lord knows there would probably be a lot of people out there who who would be like, "She's suing this poor, innocent, disabled incel. Incel, the worst disability you can have, being yeah. an incel. That's a protected class." <laughs> I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I just feel. So- so bad for people like Taylor Swift and Ariana Grande. Like, um, cause it's just like, it's like, aren't they giving us enough? Like, Ariana Grande gave a salmon cat, cool, weird striped dye job hair. She took Pete Davidson off the market for a few years, which is like a gift to all women everywhere. <laughs> that like they don't have to deal with Pete Davidson. Like, these women are saints. I mean, okay, if it makes you feel any better, they definitely don't know he exists. That's not true. It absolutely is true. Uh, It is absolutely not true, and I'll tell you why. Because in order to become a big celebrity, you have to be the kind of person that Googles himself constantly. Like, like the psychopathic drive it takes to become an A-list celebrity. Like, the entire world has to revolve around you forever. 
You, you have Google alerts, you're doing this. Someone three times a day has to hand you a PDF of all the mentions of you. Like, this, she knows, she's Taylor Swift. See, uh, in my world, in my, in my happy, safe space, I imagine that the most attention he has gotten from Taylor would be Taylor sitting in her bedroom, I don't know, playing, plucking at her guitar or something, and then her lawyer, Greg Scordis, walks in and says, hey, Taylor, just a heads up, uh, somebody's suing you, it's for nonsense, we'll take care of it. And she's like, okay. And then she goes back. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I hope. I hope poor Taylor Swift and Ariana Grande can find some peace. <laughs> like, um, okay, look, you, I know you've wanted to do like a series about this guy for a while. I do so badly. It's so dark, though. This guy, one time you told me that he gave a random stranger a a a a a, a, a little rub and tug in order to get him to. Drive him to a brothel. And yeah, when and if he you, got to the brothel, it, 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 then he sued. Or if they would have just let him open the goddamn brothel in Utah, he wouldn't have have to jerk his friend off to get a ride to Reno. What about this? Isn't clicking? Okay, well, <laughs> they literally forced him to go gay. <laughs> well, okay. One half hour of the show is in the <laughs> banks. The world is on fire. The world is one big protest. There's a deadly virus out there that's going to kill us all. And you found something worse than all those things combined. And it's this Russell Greer fellow. Congratulations, Sriracha. Yeah, Grand Admiral C, if you're listening to this, could you call and leave us a voicemail just better explaining the lawsuit, please? You took a half hour to explain everything. I know, but like, I don't know the legal terms. There's more to this? Oh, there's much more. It goes so, the complaint is something like 44 pages long. Can't. Everybody just chill out and crack open a Fanta, eat an ice cream sandwich, and play some Cuphead. Why does the world have to be this, like, non-stop, like, sewer knife fight of just, like, disgusting people, like, just trying to, like, take each other down with them? Life's too short. Can't we all just watch the big bad Beetleborgs, the superhuman samurai cyber squad, the, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the Samurai Pizza Cats, eat some of those little Hello Panda snacks that have the little panda on them, chocolate in the middle, have some Pocky, have a goddamn fruit by the foot, relax, chill with the Animaniacs for a minute. Like, goddamn. You heard it here first, folks. Life is too short to not sue your celebrity crush. That's not what I- <laughs> That's the first segment! I never want to hear Russell Greer's name again. No. You got, no, you got your Greer time. You, by the way, that's your birthday present. Happy no. birthday. You're not getting shit for your goddamn birthday because you made me listen to this weird stalker you have. <gasps> Who's really the stalker here? <laughs> we'll be right back after this. <laughs> Welcome back to the Loudest Podcast, Loudest Podcast on the internet. So, uh, obviously, like, these protests are like the largest protest we've seen in decades it's crazy like have you seen like the sheer numbers i have i saw pictures of the one that happened the other day in philadelphia and it was like ten thousand people yeah like that like twenty thousand thirty thousand like uh like in dc apparently like one of the largest protests of all time is happening and uh i started feeling guilty that i didn't go 
So I got so yesterday <laughs> I was like, all right, I'll, I'll I'll go punch in at the protests. Like, okay, I'll go I'll go earn my liberal I'll, anything to stop this guilt. Okay, I'll go to the thing. I didn't want to go early in the protest because remember we talked about this. Yeah, uh huh. Um, I didn't want to go early because it's like. And you specifically told me, you were like, don't go down there. You're going to get arrested. Yeah. What does that help? You're going to get coronavirus and you're going to take it back to your elderly parents. What is that helping? Yeah, I didn't want I didn't want to go early just because uh, like um, there's a time and a place for people like me to go to the protests. And it's after Obama shows up <laughs> like the first like any protest, like the first couple of days is like nonstop street fights with the cops, like. People throwing bricks through Starbucks windows, like, uh, you know, uh, a lot of tear gas, a lot of tasing. And it's kind of like, Boomer's good out here. Boomer's going to sit this one out. But then, like, four days later, Obama shows up. The grandmas come out. People start bringing strollers and their kids are in. Like, they may start making little signs for their kids. And it's like. Now it's the boomer's time to shine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh like when they put the training wheels on the protest, now it's boomer time. All <laughs> right. Let's get out there. Cause you you're someone who went to a, I I get the sense from what you were telling me and the advice you're giving, you went to a lot of protests as a kid. Yeah, back in college. Back in college, that was a hobby of mine, was just being involved in riots. It's really thrilling to be involved in an angry mob. If you've never done it before, I really do highly recommend being involved in at least one angry mob because there is this psychology. I remember reading some kind of psychology thing about like when you have enough people together, then people start getting the feeling that they get when they're on like anonymous image boards that they could just do anything because they're a face in the crowd. It's very, very, it's like one of the best highs you could have is just being part of an angry mob. God damn. Do you remember what, like, was it like the WTO protests or like, do you remember like what you were protesting? Uh, feminism or something. No, that's okay. Women. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's good. Feminism. Yeah. Yeah. Feminism yeah. or something. No, 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 that's good. Like, uh, so, so, you know, the, the, the protests I think started like, you know, seven days ago. I finally showed up yesterday. Um, there was like a big one in a Grand Army Park in New York City. And I haven't been to a protest in forever. And so, well, first off, I forgot there was a dress code. What do you mean there's a dress code? No, you showed up in a police uniform, didn't you? I didn't show up in my sexy cop uniform. And if I did, I would have been able to pull those pants right off. <laughs> no, everyone was wearing black. And I was like, oh, right. They all wear black to these things. Because I showed up in a bright yellow t-shirt. That said, I love cops. <laughs> <laughs> that said, <laughs> that said five. Okay. <laughs> um, Like, uh. I show up in like a bright yellow t-shirt. I'm looking around and everyone's wearing black. And even like the old people are wearing black. Like the grandmas are wearing black. Like everyone's wearing black. No, even the boomers got the memo. Because they know because they did all this shit in the 70s or whatever. And I'm like, God damn it. So like everyone's looking at me like I'm like the world's like least prepared undercover cop. And I'm just like, oh, God damn it. Said, all right. So I'm there. And. I mean, first off, it was it was incredible. Again, the scale. Like, 
I've never seen that many people in one place in my entire life. I've been to Comic-Con. Comic-Con has 150,000 people at it. I've been like, I've been in Las Vegas at the, in the high season. Like, I've never been to a thing where, there, where, where you look in any direction and you can't see the horizon. It's just people People forming the horizon line, meeting the sky. It was crazy. Grand Admiral Park is two is actually two gigantic parks. And by the time well, we're all supposed to meet there at noon. Oh, by the way, the organizer was an hour late. Who organized this? It, it was actually really adorable. It was an 18-year-old African-American teenager Aww. organized it. Um, like uh, like but he was an hour late, and we kept getting updates. Like he's on the way; he's going to be here soon. I think I think somebody said the number was thirty thousand. So there's thirty thousand of us just like waiting for a teenager to show up. But like waiting for what? Isn't the point of a protest just to be there and scream? No, we were good. We were all marching down to city hall. Oh, okay. It was a thing. <laughs> it was a march. There was a whole plan. Anyway, so the guy's an hour late, and he also shows up with. Not like a big bullhorn, like a big, cool, like, pro- shows with, like, one of those, like, little tiny bullhorns that, like, uh, you'd see it like a, uh, I'm trying to think of an example. Like, if a Catholic school had a Catholic school fun carnival, like, that's the bullhorn. So he's, like, trying to stay, he's trying to say stuff, but, like, none of us can hear him. Like, one of the ones that go, wow. <laughs> yeah, yes, button. yes, exactly. Like, like it might as well have got like, which, by the way, is the last thing you want to hear in one of these protests. <laughs> um, but it was like really, it was like really cute. Like everyone's out there to support this teenager and like make this teenager's dream come true of like, you know, affecting change. The audience was like every time I've been to a progressive thing, like when I went to the food bank the other day, like every time I've been to like any kind of progressive event, the audience is. A lot of young, attractive women and a lot of goofy looking guys, myself very much included in that statement. So, Roger, do you do you think I'm right about that? Or do you think I'm wrong about I that? I think you're 100 percent right. But I think that's just New York. I think that's just what New York is. is attractive women and goofy looking guys. That's v- OK. That's very true. That's very true. Like, um. Like, so I'm there, like, ne- I'm, ne- I'm there next to, like, a seven-foot-tall guy who looks like a really ugly Kylo Ren and, like, an itty-bitty, teeny-tiny man. Oh, <laughs> and all these old men kept taking my photo with old-timey cameras. Why? At first, I was kind of like, well, are these undercover cops? But I was like, no, undercover cops wouldn't be this obvious. Like, they wouldn't just, like, walk right up to me with, like, an Instamax, like, snap my picture. I think I know why. I think they were bloggers and they needed a picture of me to be like, even Generation X is protesting. Oh, God. No. Hey, this shit, protesting, it ain't just for kids anymore. The, the generation that brought us Ben Stiller and Janine Garofalo still has something to say. Look, <laughs> they want to do it too. Isn't it cute? That's, that's the only reason you would take my picture. That's the only goddamn reason. And, um, oh, but, and look. This is a little gonna be a seal. This is gonna sound a little mean. A lot of white girls taking selfies. Oh yeah, lots of them. Did you see that one taking pictures of her ass in front of the T-Mobile store that got smashed? I did see. I did see that. On one hand, I was like, "Hey, how dare you co-opt these protests for your like, like for your social media?" And on the other hand, I was like, "And where is this social media page anyway? Let me get a real good look at this social media page." I need to know what I'm outraged about. <laughs> like, um. 
like that one of the re- like I haven't tweeted about like every single person I know. Everyone I went to college with is posting like a protest selfie. Yeah, you got. I'm really proud of you for exercising restraint. I hate that shit. It's, but I'm I'm kind of of two minds about it because, like, on one hand, you know, when people post a receipt of a donation they've made, people go after that person. And they're like, "Ah, oh, you're just being performatively charitable. Oh, this is so self-aggrandizing. Oh, this is self-congratulating." But on the other hand, it's like when you post a receipt of a donation. Other people see it and donate too? Yeah, and you only need what? Like 10% to bail out? So if you donate 50 bucks and you post that to your Instagram and just two more people donate 50 bucks, that's somebody's bail fee right there. Yeah, I yeah, and, and like obviously the whole thing's eventually going to get waived anyway. Like like there's no way they're going to charge all these people for protesting. Um like uh so so like on one hand I wanted like but the thing is, everything that was happening around me was like so funny that I just wanted to nonstop tweet, just like riffing on it. <laughs> a lot of white girls doing the black power salute. A lot of white girls doing the black power salute. And I really wanted to be like, okay, take it down a notch, Patty Hearst. Okay. All right. Okay. Calm down. Look, we're all outraged. We're all here on a Saturday. We're all getting sunburned. Like, we're all exposing ourselves to COVID 19. Like, how about the peace sign, okay? Could you do the peace sign? Can we meet halfway? I get you want to do something with your hands. Yeah. Can we do the peace sign, please? At least the devil horns. Can we meet? Can we, like, meet halfway at the devil horns? You could do the blood sign just for today. <laughs> yes, exactly. Just for this hour. Then your card's getting revoked. You are being given provisional temporary membership within the bloods. <laughs> You are you're already wearing a bandana around your mouth, so we're already all set. If it stops you from doing that, then <laughs> you get it for one hour. Like uh, the fun and the, this thing that happened at the end of the protest it was the funniest thing. Tell me. And I was like, God damn it! I wish I were tweeting about all this, but I don't want to be one of those like fucking trendy ass protest. Oh, it's so difficult. Um, so we so we were we were having a, an eight and a half minute moment of silence and um so we first off we all had to get down on one knee and i'm the only one that went like oh <laughs> out loud when i got down on one knee and i was like no one else really no it doesn't like this is like no one else's joints are bothering them today just mine okay i see what this is <laughs> well to be fair you were the only jet xer there <laughs> i guess so but oh, oh, there was this like 70 year old woman with cancer next to me. How do you know she had cancer? Because I talked to her. Oh. <laughs> like, um, like they were passing out chalk. They were like, you want some chalk? Who wants chalk? Take a piece of chalk and pass it around. And I was like, I really don't want chalk. I have nowhere. To, I don't have any pockets to put it in. Like, I don't want to get like dust on my pants. Like, I'm good without the chalk. You, you guys can all have chalk. And they're like, are you sure you don't want some chalk? I'm like, please, I don't want it chalk. It makes my hands feel weird. It's like, I don't want dust on my hand. And then the lady next to me is like, I also don't want chalk, thanks. And then I'm talking to her. I'm like, what's with all the chalk? Like, I feel like I'm getting peer pressure for this chalk here. And, she, and she's like, I don't like the chalk either. And then we just start talking. And, and, I, and then the, the, the march is taking off. Like, we're headed ahead of the city hall. And I'm waiting for it to thin out because, like, I want to be at the very end of the thing. Yeah. Uh, so, like, if we pass a Dave and Buster's, I can kind of slip in without getting booed. <laughs> like, uh, you know, just like, eh, ba -da -ba -ba -ba. and I'm, I'm like, hey, we're taking off. You want to come? And she's like, no, I have cancer and I shouldn't 
I've already like exhausted myself coming out here and I probably shouldn't be out here exposing myself to COVID-19 because I'm immunocompromised. Yeah, holy shit. And you're old. Yes, exactly. And I was, and I'm like trying to like tell her like, hey, guess what? Like, you don't have to protest ever again. Like, you did it. Like, you came out here. You filled up the thing for the cameras. Like, why don't you take the rest of this crisis off, huh, lady? <laughs> like, I'm trying to be, like, I'm trying to, like, give her permission to, like, lay down the guilt. Like, you're dying, lady. And she just kept saying, like, I just feel so bad because if I were younger, I would be marching and now this is all I can do. And I'm like, God damn it. Like, lady, don't make me cry out here. I'm all sunburned and the tears would probably sting my fucking face. Okay, lady. <laughs> Take it inside, lady. Get back to the Upper East Side. All right, but anyway, uh, the funny thing that happened. Yeah, let's right, hear it. All right, the funny. So, so I, uh, so I get down on one knee, and we're all being silent, and it was insane. Like we're in front of the Barclay Center. There's people as far as the eye can see, and it's like the quietest quiet I've ever heard in the busiest part of the city, surrounded by thirty thousand people. You could hear like just absolutely nothing, and then out of nowhere. A white girl drops her hydro flask. No! Are you serious? And the hydro flask goes like clink, clonk, clink. No, and those things are fucking loud. They're very like, loud. Ding. It's like dropping a tear gas grenade. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. And she goes, oh, sorry. And like she picks it up and like she like quickly like shoves it back. And then she talked after it. I, she was out of She was very nervous. And I was just like, ha! Now, I don't feel so bad for, for making that gro old man groaning noise when I'm kneeling down, do I? You're the bigger asshole here. This sounds like the most Brooklyn protest ever. It was Brooklyn as my fuck. My life. It was Brooklyn as fuck. But, um, but I feel less guilty. I donated a tiny bit of money. I did, when I went to the thing, I'll go back. I'll go back this week. I'll go to the thing. I feel like I'm... I feel like it's like whenever, like on the news, whenever they show protesters, they're always like amped to be there. And I feel like there's a lot of us who are just like, look, we'd rather be home. <laughs> like, I got the new Mario Rabbids game I could be. And by new, I mean from 2017. <laughs> I still haven't figured out Tetris 99. Like, can we, could you all calm this down so I could go home? I just got the, the link. What is it called? Hold on. Where is it? I just got a. I just got Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild on eBay for $40, and I really want to play it. It's supposed to be the best game ever. Everybody calls it the best game of all time, and it's like, oh, it's so hot. All right, well, anyway, so that was my protest experience. <laughs> I can't believe. You know, you don't have to go. You can just donate money. You don't, it's not compulsory. I just feel, I feel bad, because I feel like there's, like, an opportunity here that I've never seen before. Like, a lot of protests, it's kind of like, okay. All right. No, yeah. Uh-huh. But, like, I've never seen a protest movement where it's just, like, everyone is going. And it's just, like, it's, like, day 12 and the crowds are only getting bigger. And a, and a lot of people are saying, like, this is the first time since the civil rights movement of the 60s that it seems like pressure, like, large crowds may be able to drive pressure to create positive change. So it's like, all right. I'll go down there and I'll <laughs> fill out the fucking cameras. But I'm so afraid of bringing my Nintendo Switch because, like, what if I get kettled or something? Oh, then all of a sudden, Officer Krupke's got my Nintendo Switch. And look at the time. It's stealing o'clock. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so it's, uh, 
I need to get like a shitty ass Game Boy that I don't mind losing. Yeah, I mean those things are worth money now. You need like a one of the original DSs. Yeah, exactly. Some shitty ass thing where it's just like, okay, if I have to throw this away and run, it's not a big deal. I need something. God damn. Um. Well, anyway, that was that was my thing. Uh, oh, we got some voicemails, right? Yes, we do. We All have right. two good ones. All right, we'll be right back after this with some voicemails. Welcome back. It's time for the best segment, the segment that you get to participate in. It's time for comments and voicemails. Sirius, what do we got today? Uh, oh, we, we got a lot of great stuff. Uh, thank you guys for sending us voicemails. Uh, if you have a voicemail or a letter, you can send it to 848-863-5343 or the loudest podcast at gmail.com. Uh, dramatically read on YouTube says that our last episode... The one where we argued about which French fries were best. He says, this is the best episode you've made so far, in my opinion. More angry food rants, please. I could do that. That's I really can... nice of you. Thank you. So we talk about food a lot. Yeah, we do. Just uh, not even just on this show, just every day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So thank you, Dramatically Red. Um, we got another great comment here. Uh, Kyle sent us a text that says, KFC's potato wedges are one of the best fries out there. They're always good, never a bad batch, plus they're the only fries that reheat. I think that you, last week, gave the KFC potato wedges a bit of a short shrift. Yeah, no, fuck them. They're too potato-y. They're not fries, they're wedges. Okay, but do, do you give any credit to the fact that they're fried in the same world that they fry the fried chicken in, so there's like 30 years of like fried chicken? No, because they're not, they're not French fries, they're wedges. If you cut a potato in half, that doesn't make it a French fry. Okay, but if you cut a potato in eighths, it might. No, it doesn't. Sixteenths? You have to cut them into sticks. You have to cut them into fries. I don't make these rules. I just reinforce them. And wedges are not fries. They're fucking wedges. Wedges are... Well, then what are steak fries? Like potato, potato rectangle hedrons? Yes, they have to be rectangles. Okay. All right. Next question. What about mojos? What the fuck is a mojo? You don't act like you don't know what mojos are. Mojos are those potato discs that they sell. Remember when we went to go visit Monkey? We got them at like Zaxby's or something. It's like those French fried potato discs. Those are skating on thin ice. Okay, so... Look. They're, the, the potato wedges of KFC, they're definitely French fries. They're a little different, yes. Like... You know, you know, crinkles aren't a perfect rectangle either. They're just like a bunch of weird, different, like, polygonal faces. It's, they're too thick. It's the thickness I've got the primary problem with. It's if you cut a potato into force, you cannot call that a French fry just because you fry it. That is a fourth of a potato. It is too much potato. The potato to oil ratio is not correct. If you don't add enough flour to a cake, it becomes a pie. Okay, I agree that fourths is too much. Maybe even eighths. But, like, just because it's not a rectangle doesn't mean it's not a French fry. Because, like, what about a fucking curly fry or a goddamn waffle fry? Those aren't rectangles. First of fucking all, if you untangle a curly fry, it is a rectangle. Okay, and for waffle fry, and and for waffle Oh, and by the way... Untangled curly fries is the. It sounds like a great snack to have at poolside. Mm-mm. Untangled curly fries. Yeah, you know, if a cat were a dog, it would go bark instead of meow. Hey, you're serious? When you put a bunch of rectangles together in a in a pound sign, what do you get? You know that a lot of the time they have those round turtle shell backs. 
You know that you know that like not every single waffle fry is like perfectly all all goddamn rectangles. What do you throw the ones with the round backs that have the part of the potato on them out? And do you think that most French waffle fries have the round backs? No, but I think exactly. There you go. But I think some of them do. Curly fries literally look like slinkies. You like if you showed a toddler a curly fry, you would have to explain to him for hours that like technically, I guess this is a rectangle. If I uncoiled it and then straightened it out a bunch. Well, I'm not explaining this to toddlers. Yes, you are. You're explaining it to me. (laughs) All right. We're moving on. Moving on. Okay. Um, Ooh, let's listen to a voicemail. Um, This voicemail is called the real reason why Micah returned. Well, let me read it. I I can't see. Returned that kid. Returned that kid. Thank you. Yo, I know the real reason why that is the answer. Returned that ugly kid. Right. So one day she found Huxley's drawings and she found what looked like the Dash, the, the tank engine, and the seven chaos goals of friendship. And she's like, hell no, I know what this story ends up. I'm returning this kid. This guy's so that. proud Bye. of himself for coming up with the chaos bowls of friendship. What is the? What is he even talking about? He said, uh, Micah one day walked in on Huxley, creating some unholy amalgamation of My Little Pony, Thomas the Tank Engine, and Sanic. Oh. And was like, oh no, we need to put an end to this before he gets too powerful. Whoever that was that left that voicemail, can you please continue to leave us voicemails merging these universes? Can you write us a story about like what would happen if he stuck around? Like he every day he wakes up, it was like Mother of Crift Power. Oh my god! I want to know more about this. Level three. Those oh those those troublesome trucks teaming up with Doctor Robotnik. And a Discord? That sounds like that's a that's an evil three. That's a gleesome threesome. I don't like that. <laughs> um. Okay, we have another uh, YouTube comment here. Hexakinase on YouTube writes, uh, I don't know if they still do it, but it used to be possible to get a box full of fried batter drippings at Long John Silver's. Holy shit. Does that change your mind on Long John Silver's? That you can just get a box of the bits? I don't know if you could still do it. He says they used to be. That sounds like something that you could have done in the 80s. And they were like, eh, trans fat. And they stopped doing it. Yeah, I don't know how that won't just kill people. It seems like a terrible thing to do to your customer base to kill them sooner. Yeah. You no, know? it does not change my opinion. Okay. All right. Well, that, well, that's fair. That's fair. Uh John Guido the fourth says he also wants to steal real bad. A lot of people really got... There are almonds actors. A lot, of, a lot of people got really excited to hear about how badly you wanted to loot last week. Yeah, if you have satirically looted a store, please call in <laughs> and leave us a voicemail telling us about your experience and more importantly, what you satirically would have gotten if you would have done that in the not fictitious world where you <laughs> <laughs> satirically looted a store. <laughs> you told me something where it's like, Stealing from chains is off the reins, or what was it? Yeah, it's don't steal from family-owned business. If it's a chain, it's free reign. If it's Hobby Lobby, go ahead. Go nuts. They're homophobic. That's what the kids on TikTok say. Oh, okay. Look, if they're saying on TikTok, it's got to be true. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Speaking of the kids, um, uh, oh, here we go. Mr. Quadrillion writes, this podcast is what keeps us together in these unprecedented times. And remember that even though we're six feet apart, we all stand together. In the new normal. In the, <laughs> the new normal. 
God damn. Uh, oh, and uh, thank you, Mr. Quadrillion. Oh, and we got one more voicemail here. Okay, ready. All right, this is called What I Spent My $1,200 On. I'm ready. Hey, Spirit Surround Show. I'm <laughs> behind. Um, I haven't watched since December, just trying to catch up, but I'm here to answer um, what I spent my $1,200 on. Nice. From the Rona. And so far, <laughs> I've bought a bunch of PS4 games, a bunch of big titty anime figures, Aww. and a shit ton of LSD. So, yeah. Well, thank you for stimulating Fine. the economy, and I hope you're enjoying that LSD, which you were clearly on when you left this voicemail. That's fantastic! You know, they always talk about the velocity of money. Look, you give you give money to a drug dealer, that drug dealer's gonna use it to to uh, to invest in their small business, you know, maybe buy some more scales, some more pipettes, uh, some more black light posters, uh, you know, some more disco balls. And then we're keeping the black light poster and disco ball people in business. Spencer's gifts is getting bigger and bigger. Everybody's buying more of those uh thing, those pin things that you stick your face in, magic eye posters, uh horniness testers. And then, you know, it goes on and on and on. The world becomes a better place. And eventually there's some guy driving around RC cars in the middle of Nevada having a good time thanks to your money. Good job, kiddo. Yeah, trickle down economics. If you put money into the big titty anime girls, they will use it to redistribute it to the medium and the small titty anime figures. Isn't there something you disgusting weeps talk about called hashtag flat justice? Yeah, some, some guys like girls with flatter chests. That's it. That's the end of the story. But they call it flat justice? Yeah. Why aren't they out there protesting for that? I don't know. We should organize. I'm going to organize the first weeb protest. You absolutely should. We need justice for flat. Do they call them flats or flat people? Or like, what's the... I I expected that you would know a lot more about that than I did. I'm sorry, I don't. Okay, that's okay. Well, I, I know we have one listener who... Has tried to educate me about the quote flat justice movement in the middle of a David Buster's, and I have just, I've always been like, I gotta go. Oh, work. Oopsie doopsie, poopsie whoopsie. Oh, look at the time. Yeah, I love you guys. Yeah. Hey, that's it for the loudest podcast. Thank you guys so so much. Thank you for listening in these unprecedented times. Well, we love you. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.